This is Paper Cup Calls. Close your eyes and feel Adam's glow. I'm Link. I'm Shelby. And I'm Josh. What? What? I don't know. How am I here? <laughs> so Tori couldn't make it this week, so Josh traded in his, uh, his homework points for, uh, for a guest hosting position. It was a big pile of points. It was a pretty big me. pile, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think you probably have the most points. Chris, Chris probably had a lot of points, but now that he's like an honorary like member, he's a full time cast member now. So yeah, yeah all his he doesn't points get are null any and void. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah. he can always transfer those to someone, I suppose. <laughs> we never said they weren't transferable. We'll see. I guess we didn't. <laughs> um, so Josh, <laughs> give us a rundown on on who you are. Well, I am Link's brother-in-law, his wife's brother. Um, I lived in South Bend for many years. I now live in San Antonio. I, like Shelby, travel the world for work, mostly. Shelby gets to do it for personal reasons, which, which <laughs> right, I, think, yeah. I think you've got the sweeter deal. But I know, You don't have to pay for yours. Uh, yeah, for the I'm most poor. part, I don't, have to pay, I don't have to pay for it. But uh, I mostly do Asia, and Shelby does Europe, so I have a different perspective on things. True. Yeah, I'm really jealous of your Asian travels. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about it if you want. We'll get there. So... Um, First, we've got a couple updates, though. Um, the first update we have here is I finished Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a very good game. It is not the original Red Dead Redemption. The original Red Dead, Red, Red, uh, the original Red Dead Redemption was something special. Um, this game does some things well, but ultimately is just good and not, you know, trans, trans, uh, great or whatever. You know, you know what I mean. It doesn't transcend yeah. gaming. Transcending, yes. Not trans, transcend, yes. Transcendent, yeah. transcendent, yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> In your opinion, God of War was the best game of the year. God of War, yes. God of War is still my my game of the year for a lot of reasons. It it has no bloat anywhere in the game. It's one of the best examples of video game storytelling I've ever seen. It's it's it's, as close to a perfect game I've seen a a three D game do yet. Um, It's just not. It's phenomenal. So I still highly and I highly recommend Red Dead too if you're into that kind of thing. But like, uh, yeah, God of War is still my game of the year so far. Shelby, you have an update on your running. I do. So, you know, I've been giving some updates on my running. Um, Monday, I finally ran 10 miles. Jesus. Yeah. Congratulations. A... Aren't there... Thank uh, you. Isn't there public transit there? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what happened. I ran 10 miles, and then I threw up in the bathtub, so... Oh, uh, that, was, that was when we were... That was Monday, when we were, right before we were going to record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was so sick. I thought I felt horrible for the rest of the evening. Well, so. I hope you've learned your lesson. I Exercise do, but... is good for nobody. <laughs> no, okay, here's the lesson. Don't eat immediately after you're done running that far. Because usually, like, I run, I don't know, like, three to six miles every few days. And that's, like, you can get home and then you can, like, eat, like, a normal-sized meal and be okay. But I, like, came home from a 10-mile run and then I ate and then I got really, really sick. <laughs> Um, and I felt horrible for us evening. So apparently like when you run, cause I was like doing some research and I was like, why do I feel so terrible? Why did I throw up? Um, apparently, uh, like if you run far distances, your immune system, not your immune system, but like your digest- digestive system kind of shuts down to, for some reason. And so you have to wait a longer time after your run before you eat a full meal. So... Yeah, it turns out that using your digestive system actually uses a significant amount of calories. And so you're, you've depleted all of your sugars and all your fast-acting uh, uh, calorie sources, and then you try and eat. Yes. See? There you go. There's a reason. That's the reason. Yeah. 
And then yeah, it, see, you know, I didn't know that. And then I threw up in the bathtub <laughs> uh, and it was really gross. <laughs> I've made this mistake too. Similar, but not, not because of running, but because of using my uh, track at home. I made this mistake more than once. Huh. I've, yeah. And I've got a running update. I still don't do it. Because <laughs> it's dumb and no one likes it. <laughs> and, uh, I actually really like it. And you know, mm, I felt great. And I was like, I want to do that again. <laughs> but I didn't want to throw up. Yeah. I felt bad the next day too. Like I felt really yeah, you, you probably felt bad the next day because you ate, and that's what it is. Because, yeah, it, it's a bad thing. Yeah. And then it also says you have a podcast recommendation for everybody. I do. Um, I have been listening to The Daily. Have you ever listened to that? No. It's really good. It's, um, it's made from the New York Times articles, basically, but they're like 20 to 30 minutes, sh- just short podcasts. Uh, about the news, but it's told in like a storytelling format. Really intriguing, really informative, and really good. And I've been listening to them every day now. Like there was the first one I listened to was on the California wildfires, mm-hmm. and it was like so interesting and so intriguing. Cool. So that's my recommendation. All right, good to know. I'll check it out. Um, so I guess we're on to the the main show here. And Shelby, you are gonna have well, Thanksgiving is tomorrow here in America, correct? Yes, um, and you had, you're saying you're spending Thanksgiving in Prague this year, so what are you guys doing over there? Well, kind of. I actually just got back from Thanksgiving. Like, that's that's hmm. where I, yeah, I'm kind of in a food coma. I'm surprised I'm talking right now. <laughs> I had, like, five glasses of wine, and nice. I feel nothing because I ate so much food. <laughs> that, see, that's the way to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was that's awesome. Great. It was crazy, because uh, it was this girl that I kind of no I've met her once we like went out for Halloween and then she's like come to my Thanksgiving and I was like okay right and so I showed up so many people and this is what was the weirdest part about this whole thing was that she said get there at seven we'll eat at 7 30 and like everyone was there at seven like I showed up at 7 15 and I was late and I was oh, like no that's not how what no parties work you say you get there at seven you show up at 10 like that's how yeah that's how things work <laughs> um so I walked in, I thought for sure I'd be like the first one there, and the, the like whole place was packed. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, whoops. Um, yeah. But it was so good. It was the it was like authentic Thanksgiving. I mean the turkey wasn't they had turkey and like green bean casserole and the corn, cream of corn or whatever, and like mashed potatoes, gravy, like they had everything. It was so good. Mm. That does sound good. Yeah. See, I'm not sure. I'm having a t- traditional Thanksgiving this year. I know I'm going to Tories. We had originally talked about just having Chinese, so I don't know. Yeah. So, I yeah, I'm more yeah. American than you. You may so. have had a more American Thanksgiving than me. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> it, it can be very difficult to put together a traditional Thanksgiving meal in foreign countries. My friend. It, it, it can be. My friend who lives in Japan tried for five years to put together a Thanksgiving dinner until he basically contracted a farmer to, to raise turkeys for him. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. That's no. intense. <laughs> yeah, because that's what, that's what it took, because they just they didn't know what turkey was. He couldn't find turkey anywhere, huh. and much less like wow. a whole turkey. So he, he contracted a farmer. Basically, him and a couple other expats went together, paid the farmer to raise the turkeys for them so they could have turkeys for Thanksgiving. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it, there is something um, about 
going to an expat Thanksgiving, like everyone really wants it to feel like Thanksgiving. <laughs> like everyone's trying really hard. And it's like most of the time, like the most of the conversation is like, where did you find this ingredient <laughs> that's really obscure that you need for, you know, like a normal thing? Like this one girl, um, she made pumpkin pie, but she couldn't, she had to buy an actual pumpkin. Oh, so she had to make it from actual <laughs> pumpkin guts. Yeah, it was wow. crazy. I'm like, you're really dedicated to, like, authentic Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had one made from actual pumpkin before. We tried one it, year to bring pumpkin into Japan, and they made us cut open the cans at the airport. What? Really? Yeah, yeah so at the you, airport. Uh, oh, that sucks. They were, like, they were like, we don't know what's inside this. You have to open it. And we're like, well, if we open it, it's going to all spoil. We're not going to be to make pumpkin pie. He's like, you need to open it. You know, stern Japanese customs dude. Those Japanese it. customs dudes, are, they don't fuck around. No, they don't. They don't. You just, they say open it, you just cut it open and let them look on the inside and then you're like here please slow this way for us now because we don't want it back it's yours now <laughs> that's crazy yeah that's what happened i can imagine it'd be even harder to have an authentic thanksgiving in japan it, it, it's it's difficult but john's been <laughs> able to do it so he's he's got it down but it took him a couple years and like i said cool. paid farmers so was downstairs dave shall we at this uh at this thanksgiving in Prague? No, but um, so we've lived here in this apartment for over a year and we finally met one of our neighbors <laughs> Um, and we call him downstairs Dave because he lives downstairs and is, is the coolest Dave part. Too? Yeah, his name yeah, is, I think he prefers it's... David, but downstairs Dave just like it works better. I'm with you on this. Yeah, yeah. Does, definitely. <laughs> it's and fair. it's funny because um, all of us have like seen him and whenever we see someone, we're like, nobody's in, which is like, hello and check. But he's American. He speaks English. Oh, no. we've been, yeah, we've been like speaking Czech to each other. Um, he speaks Czech too, though. But finally, he talked to one of our roommates, and they're like, "Oh, like you live here?" And then the immediate, like, first thing she asked was like, "How much do you pay for rent?" Because we have a really shady landlord, and we're like, "I don't know." That was the topic of conversation. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so we got all the details. We like went to his apartment. We're like, "What did your look? What does yours look like?" And <laughs> Um, anyway, we made a friend and it's really cool. He pays less money than us. So that's stupid, but, uh, he does have one less room and, uh, it's kind of turned into this, like, I don't know, just like, like a really cool friendship. Like, um, we went out to like play board games with him and stuff and he's helped us with things around the house and he speaks Czech, which is really great because if anything goes wrong, like he can help us. As things tend to. And then, um, around, around you guys. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Everything's kind of, kind of Whether apart. it be, uh, you know, gas leaks or, you know, or, or, uh, getting locked onto your balcony. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, we did mention, we're like, remember when the whole building was shut down? Yeah. That was us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the, okay, the, the single coolest part about this friendship is that, um, so I don't know if you, you guys remember, but when you came over in the bathroom, there's like that, there's like a window that has, because there's like a, like a shaft between a, the building. Like a ventilation window. Yeah. Ventilation. I remember. Yeah. Well, you, we can talk to him through that and he lives on the first floor. Oh, wow. And so we're just like, that's your Steve. And he's like, hey, and we can like have a little conversation. <laughs> a little conversation while you're in the bathroom. That's weird. That's kind of creepy that slash weird. Yeah. Class, it's cool. awesome. Yeah. We just like text him like going into the bathroom. <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really great. And I have this whole idea about like um, making like a bell system. So we can just like ring the bell and then we'll have like, you know, like an actual paper cup. You know how like paper cup calls? Yeah. Where you yeah. Have, like, 
the cup and the string and I have this whole idea and then we're gonna like, oh, we'll have like a pulley system. Maybe, maybe we'll get like a helium bloom involved. I don't know. This is, but this is oddly specific, Shelby. Yeah, this is, this is a mean, lot of work to get very, a little, to get Very a specific. You could just walk <laughs> yeah. downstairs. Just check. I don't think anyone cares about any of that there. You can just walk. <laughs> but fun. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, so it we, sounds like we, downstairs um, Dave is super cool. He is super cool, yeah. Um, we've, we've had a good time. And um, it's cool. He also like brought us a balloon animal the other day. He's like, hey, I got a oh. gift for you guys. So he just like, brought us like a balloon dog. Excellent. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, so it, does, I bet downstairs Dave understands trains pretty well. Oh, and there's nice. someone else around here that also understands trains pretty well, and that's Josh. I, I, I've heard you've had problems with trains, Shelby. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> You don't want to talk about it. Come on, let's talk about trains. Dude, they're and, stupid. And, no, they're great. I they're you great. Trains. You don't like trains? No. No, no trains. No. No trains at all. So, so if you ever go someplace else other than Prague or Europe, you'll probably run into more trains, especially if you go to Asia. And and, and we can talk a little bit about yeah. trains in Japan and China because I've done both. Japanese trains are incredibly. It's confusing. I'm glad I didn't have to. I'm glad I, glad I had someone to sh- uh, shepherd me around. They're not confusing at all. Uh, no, <laughs> no. They're not in any. They're not. Though. They're not in a dialect that I even recognize any of the characters. Okay, so so I'll tell you something about all the train stations in Japan. Every train station in Japan, when you come into the train station, there will be signs there in Japanese, in hiragana, and in English. True, there are English of the name of the train station that you're at. He's got so a solid it's, point So here. it's actually it's actually really easy to navigate through the train system in Japan. It, it doesn't make it easy, but it does have that there. And <laughs> I have had some of the experiences that you've had where you get on a train and there are no seats. But they typically warn you when you go to buy the tickets. They're like, hey, oh, this train nice. is all filled. Do you really want to get on this train? And, and, of course, the answer is no, I don't want to get on the train because I don't want to stand for three hours. Right. So that usually has resulted in me taking later trains, but not standing. That's smart that they tell you if it's going to be full. For me, it's just like a roulette system. It's like, I have no clue. You could just always buy or the Or I seat. have to pay the price. Well, so... Okay, yeah, but you're, you guys aren't married to Chris, who's like, I can't spare the $2. <laughs> just spend the $2. My life will end. You should spend the $2 yourself, and, yeah. then, and then just you sit and then make Chris stand somewhere else. I agree with, I agree with Link on this one. So you do that a couple times, you'll get him trained. It's like, it's like you're just showing him the results of your decisions. That's, That's the thing true. to do. In, in, China, <laughs> yeah. in China, I would always recommend getting a, a seated a ticket. Always. And I would do that in Japan, too. You're going to go longer distances. And you don't have to worry about for the short trains, but for the, the long-distance trains, definitely always get the seat. It's worth, in the case of Japan, the 10 yen that you're going to... Uh, 10... The 1,000 yen, sorry. 1,000 yen you're going to pay for it. So ten, about, about 8 bucks. Totally worth it. It's worth it. Holy. See, I don't understand how trains can even, like... How you can even get on a train without a seat. I don't get it. Okay, so in Japan... <laughs> And, and I think it's the same way in, in China, although I have a lot less experience with trains in China. But in Japan, there are certain cars that are for people who don't have assigned seats. Okay? So they're, mm. like, they're like three or four cars at the front of the train that are for people who don't have assigned seats. And in there, it's just first come, first serve, and they'll just, they'll just keep selling tickets for those, those, those cars up to a maximum amount. And then the rest I of see. the train is all like assigned seating. So 
you, when you buy the ticket, you say, well, do you want a reserved seat? And the answer is always, yes, you want a reserved seat. And that gets you outside of that. Now, if you're really being cheap, and maybe this is where you get, get to go with Chris. So if you ever go to Japan <laughs> and Chris doesn't want to pay for the, you know, the, the, the actual fee, he'll be in a different car than you. And you'll be, and you'll be like several cars apart. He'll just he'll be he'll with just, the peasants. He'll just yes, the, the plebeians, the plebeians, the plebeians. He'll be up there with them, and you'll be sitting back in a nice chair all by yourself. And then the the lady will come by with all the the food and stuff, and you can buy it. It'll be good. This is great. It <laughs> is good. kind of travel. So well, one thing, another thing that Josh is a, a little bit of an expert on is a tabletop board gaming called Pathfinder. And I know what, what this is. Do you really? Is that what is that what Chris plays? It is. It is. It's it's not D and D, but it is similar. kind of D and D. It's based off D and D three point five, correct? <laughs> yes. Um. And so we are we uh, this weekend are going to be doing a one off campaign. Actually, me and Josh will be doing one, and then that will lead into another. Um, on Pathfinder's new um play test, their new version. Where we so I've been building characters. Like I've built what like parts of about ten characters, and I've got one complete character. One of the first things that Rachel said to me was. This is all he's been doing all weekend. All weekend. <laughs> he's been creating characters. And he had, like, bits and pieces of, like, five or six characters there. Yeah. He's like, I, don't, I just keep, like, creating new life. Yeah, yeah. and so, you know, I was going to be playing with two other people, so I wanted to have something ready no matter what. So I ended up with one I'm going to play is going to actually be a fighter, which at first I didn't want to do because I didn't think I'd have as many options, but then I realized he's strong and he can carry all of the stuff. And so I bought everything I could. I bought even things I didn't know what they'd do. Like, I bought a mirror. And it's in my it's in it's in my it's in my pouch. I have chalk. I don't know what that's gonna do. I have a vi- an I, empty vial. So. I thought that I thought the chalk was actually a very prescient uh, choice. See, there we go. Because chalk is very useful. And as someone who's never actually really played D and D or Pathfinder, you picking chalk was a good idea. I, I know that you that that you like. Not everything is combat combat with you. So I I knew to just grab a bunch of stuff, see what happens. So. I, I just grabbed all. I have a climbing kit. I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but the climbing kit even has like all kinds of stuff further in that. So I'm pretty. Yeah, D and D can be really fun, and it's like a lot of work. I mean, the they have a D, like a running D and D campaign that's been going since we like moved to Prague, and it's like a big deal. Yeah, they do it. They they play Pathfinder every week, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And Chris plays a wizard. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I, 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 they play D and D, and I go do other things. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I would, I do like it. I'm a bit. I think I'm a bit scarred from when I was a kid, and um, I would play D and D with like Billy and Chris, and they just like didn't want to play with me, so I they would like kill me off in really random ways. Oh. But also I, fun. I never so, kill people off randomly. I always let them do it themselves. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I've I've built a handful of characters, and um, so it should it should be fun. Uh, I don't know I don't know a lot about the difference between regular Pathfinder and this this play test we're doing. I know it's a little bit more restrictive. It's it's not it doesn't have as many options. Like you can't be a fucking vampire or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah, you can't do as much with the play test, but the play test is kind of just like a a revamp of the rules, trying to simplify it a little bit, make it a little more streamlined for for new stuff things that they've they've figured out over the years that haven't worked out pathfinder is very complicated compared to D fifth ed currently but i've never played D so, fifth ed. i i did think it was pretty complicated i mean i, I guess i don't i'm not an expert but it, it seems like there's a lot going on so shelby you 
House Koontz has a directory? D- dictionary. Dictionary. I didn't look at that. Yeah, it does say dictionary. You're correct. That's <laughs> dictionary. Direct- directory would have made more sense because you guys like might be splitting ways soon. But okay. Yeah, so um, I have decided to make a House Koontz ding- dictionary. Because we've like all lived together in creative kind of like a hive mind, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that people can't understand us when we talk to each other. <laughs> um, but I thought it'd be kind of like a cute, like going away gift for everyone. Yeah. Uh, because we have so many things that we say that make no sense to people. Like, um, like, <laughs> do you remember you got to touch a cow to eat a cow? <laughs> Did you yes, I that? remember that. Yes. Yeah. So like that's in there. Um, and everyone, there's kind of this running joke about when I'm hungry, I go, Chris, will you make me food? And so Chris's name is just like, Chris, like nobody, yeah, yeah, nobody calls him Chris. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And there's just a lot of other things. Um, like, uh, I have it all in my notes, but, um, we also say triggered a lot, like when we're even slightly uncomfortable or mad or like something happened, we're like, right. we're triggered! Right, because you're millennials. <laughs> yes, triggered millennials, that yeah. is that thing. Even though you're not even all yeah. millennials. No, I don't think most of you are actually <laughs> I think at this a couple point. couple of you are, are a little older than, than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what I was going to do, I was going to just try and like put together like a little dictionary and put like the definitions and like who, who said it. Like, I remember too, the first time we ever met Sally, she was like, have you ever seen a bubble death? And we're like, what? what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bubble death. I don't know what this is. It, does, it doesn't make sense. You, I need you this have dictionary. My attention. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a bubble till it like popped. <laughs> that's like, that was basically the extent of her story. Yeah, I never forgot. That she's I guess that's, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So cool. I'm putting one together, and I think it'll be fun. I think it's a cute little like, gift idea. That's super exciting. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so, and also, it looks like there's, you want to talk about a plastic bag tax. Yeah. Okay. So here in the Czech Republic, in most of Europe, I mean, I don't think I've been a place where you don't have to do this, but... When you go to the grocery store, you have to pay for your plastic bags. Oh, like Aldi? Yeah. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, plastic bags yeah, cost well, money, it, and that, that actually brings down the price of the food in the long run. Yeah, in every, I mean, everywhere you go. And I didn't know that when I first got here. And they also don't tell you that. So, like, when you go to the grocery store and you buy all your food, and they're just like, okay, good luck, and you have to, like, carry all your food on a hill. Because it would be weird for first. them to tell you that because it's not something they do. It's the, the same way in Japan, too. Exactly the same way. You have to buy the bag when you get the food. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. And you know what's really interesting is that, okay, I'm, try- I'm trying to look up the conversion here, how much it actually costs for the bag. It cost one crown for a bag, okay. which is 0.04 cents. Oh, geez, that's nothing. <laughs> in American dollars. And I refuse to pay it. Like, this, like, the plastic bag tax is genius because I'm paying, I mean, I could buy, you know, it's, it's less than a cent. You could it's, buy all the plastic bags if you wanted. I could, yeah. I could <laughs> like, be like, literally. Plastic, plastic bag fucking rich. Yeah, you could jump into like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Yeah, and I refuse to pay that one crown. I will not do it, and I always bring my bag. So I'm just—I was just thinking, like, if they implemented this in the United States, like, even if it cost a penny, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, you would just be stubborn and not do it. So, so let me um, let me ask you a question. The idea behind this tax is to increase environmentalism. 
I think it's definitely um, like a sustainability effort. I don't think it was originally that. Okay. I can almost guarantee it wasn't. It was, I bet it was originally just because the place has to buy bags. So let me let me let me burst your plastic bag bubble. Oh no. Okay, this is this is this is actually a sad but true fact. Um there've been lots of studies and there most recently was a study. What what type of bag do you use other than plastic? Well, I don't use plastic bags now. I use like these we bought like nice nice cotton like, cotton No, bags? they might be plastic still actually. Well, that would I don't be... know, but they're they're like durable though. They're mm. not like the the really tiny thin ones. They're like nice and they have like velcro. They're not super hippie uh cotton bags, are they? No, they're not cotton. Because because so there was a, a study done where they they looked at the environmental sustainability across the entire production process. So from the time that you get the oil out of the ground, how much how many the carbon footprint of getting oil out of the ground and turning it into a plastic bag and shipping it to the place and using it. And they compared it to various different types of bags. The worst was the cotton shopping bag. Turns out... Really? It turns out that a plastic bag is very thin, it's very light, has very low carbon footprint because it's made out of very little material. But when you talk about anything that's made out of natural fibers anything that's made out of natural fibers. There's also all the water and the energy and the land use and all of that just adds up to the point that if you go out and buy a, a cotton bag to go shopping with, you better keep that cotton bag because that cotton bag, you need to use it about 12,000 times. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not kidding. You need to use that bag about 12,000 times to break even with the total environmental footprint if you had used 12,000 plastic bags. Dang. It's terrible. That's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I think I do use, it must be recycled plastic that I'm using because it is a plastic bag, but it's like really thick, you know? Yeah, and I mean, and that, that would be helpful. I mean, the thing is, it's just, the problem is if you have to grow something, you have to add up all the water usage, the land usage, and cotton in particular is really, really bad. There were some uh, hemp uh, bags. They were much better. But it was still like you need to use that hemp bag like three or 4,000 times to, 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 to make up for not I heard plastic. something similar on this, but on That's almond crazy. milk rather than bovine milk because almond takes so much water it's to produce. It's similar, yeah. I mean, I mean, sustainability has to be a holistic thing. You have to look at the whole thing. Yeah. So look at that. We can add the educational tag this week. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I just thought it was interesting. Like, I do, I really do think if we did some sort of tax on on bags, that people would wouldn't. They'd be like, "This is bullshit." I'll just buy my bag, and and they and would bring it back. Yeah, they would. It's crazy. I'm paying like nothing, but in my mind, I'm like, I can't possibly spare the point four cents for this. <laughs> All right, so on that note, this is normally where we'd throw it to Tori and have her give us some homework, but she's not here, so I'm doing the homework this week. And this week, I want to hear uh, what your D&D &D or Pathfinder or any role-playing game character is. If you don't play a game like that, what would it be? Um, and you can send those to, shall we? Um, you can send those to me on Instagram at fgradeaemm. Or our podcast Twitter at Paper Cup Calls, or our podcast Facebook Paper Cup Calls. Okay. And you can find Tori on Facebook at Tori Paper Cup Calls, and on Twitter at Tori Cup Calls. Josh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Joshua Snyder, seventy-seven. And I'm at Link Cup Calls on Twitter.
This has been Paper Cup Calls, episode 66, living proof that podcasting is dead. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember what I was saying, but it was really good. And I just want to, I really just want to go to sleep. <laughs> I ate so much food. <laughs>